Welcome to the Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Meslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. This episode is brought to you by LMNT Electrolytes. This month, we're switching it up with an exclusive offer that's only for VIP LMNT partners, including Carnivore Cast listeners. You can now receive this free sample pack along with any regular purchase when you use my custom link, which is provided in the show notes or my Instagram link in bio. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash carnivorecast, all one word. And as I said, I'll include the link in the show notes. LMNT electrolytes are convenient, evidence-based, and delicious. And get yours today to help support the show. Thank you. Dr. Joel Gould is a dentist with over 32 years experience and considers himself a reincarnated Weston A. Price. Dr. Gould is the founder of ModernHunterGatherers.com and author of The Modern Epidemic, The Perfect Smile, and Reverse Crohn's. At his practice, Modern American Dentistry, he advances a straightforward and innovative approach to modern dental practices using science, technology, and understanding the human body. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, very excited. And um, the first thing uh, I wanted to talk to you about is kind of your background and getting into dentistry and how you've moved into um, modern hunter-gatherers and how that's evolved. So can you tell that story for for me and the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, this is my 33rd year practicing dentistry. I, I was originally from Canada or I'm originally from Canada. I practiced in Vancouver, British Columbia before moving to Los Angeles. And right now I'm talking to you from Manhattan Beach. Um, I was a traditional dentist. I did not know who Weston A. Price was. I didn't learn about him in Canadian dental school, even though he was born just up the road from where I went to dental school in Ontario. And about seven years ago, um, at the age of 48, I discovered something really profound about my health. I discovered that I was vitamin D deficient and had been most of my adult life. I was suffering from Crohn's disease quite severely. And by accident, on the discovery that I had sleep apnea, of all things, I discovered that my health was basically compromised for no good reason. I discovered Weston Price's work. It kind of blew my mind that I was suffering from the syndrome that he had described in his book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. And what happened was I found out that my vitamin D level was below 20. When I raised it to 80, my Crohn's disease disappeared. And most other things that, that ailed me disappeared. I wrote a book called Reversing Crohn's Disease. It's available on Amazon. And it's an organic way to reverse any autoimmune disease. And what it's really about is root cause medicine. Allopathic medicine is treating the symptoms of the disease. And as a, a dentist, sometimes we do have to do that. But I'm really interested in root cause. And this all came about because of that very strange experience seven years ago. And when I saw who Weston Price was... I was really dismayed at my education. I was in shock. And you have to understand that, that a life of illness, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at age 14. And I planned my entire life around the failings of my body. Within three months of supplementing vitamin D3, vitamin K2, magnesium, and sulfur, which I call my foundational four, my Crohn's disease reversed completely. 
And I had to reimagine and redesign my entire life because I had built an existence based around the bathroom. So anyone who knows somebody who has inflammatory bowel disease or Crohn's disease, the person suffering doesn't even really make it clear just how profound this illness is. It's demoralizing. Aside from the fact that it's embarrassing and you can't rely on your body, there's a neurosis and a lack of confidence that comes along with low vitamin D that is really extremely profound. Now, COVID really brought forward vitamin D information. It's still really not known to the level I think it should be known at. But what I want people to understand is that 100 years ago, a dentist by the name of Weston A. Price discovered two profound vitamins, vitamin D3 and vitamin K2. And what he found was without these two very specific vitamins, you will not get proper jaw growth. Now, this is extremely important because these days, children are really suffering from very, very poor breathing and sleep. They're suffering from pediatric sleep apnea related to the same deficiency of vitamin D3 and vitamin K2. Now, some technical stuff, and I really want to gear what I have to say towards your audience and you know the carnivore concept, but discovering this at the age of 48 was really um, kind of ridiculous, mind-blowing, incredible. And as a dentist with a background in pediatrics and hospital dentistry, public health dentistry, I'm really going to bring forward Weston Price's information so that someone like myself doesn't have to suffer through what I went through. Right now, um, Big Pharma has the corner on all of these different diseases, and these are all just allopathic treatments to hide the symptoms of disease. Vitamin D deficiency is a root cause understanding of how our bodies actually work. Turns out vitamin D isn't a vitamin, it's a hormone, and it regulates three very important things, the immune system, the gut microbiome, and sleep. And those are all brand new ideas, but the most important thing about vitamin D is that people need to understand that this has been omitted from modern medicine. Vitamin D3, vitamin K2, they are irrefutably completely relevant to our biology and your body really won't work well without them, especially during development as a kid. And these are not to be found in the medical textbooks of North America, Canada, or really anywhere that I know of. There are no traditional schools that introduce Weston Price, teach his work, or mention or discuss vitamin K2. And vitamin D, most medical doctors, all they learned about it was that too much is toxic. That's what they learned. They also learned it's good for your bones, and that's true. So it's a very unusual path to get to. When I discovered this and I found out who Weston Price was, and when I realized that I had lost my life to this simple vitamin and mineral deficiency, I made it my cause to make sure that his information makes it into the mainstream of popular culture so that it can never be subverted or hidden again. People need to understand how profound this combined D3K2 deficiency is. And they need to understand that if you have kids and you hear your kids grinding their teeth or snoring, they are suffering profoundly from a vitamin D deficiency. No matter how much sun you think they get, even if you supplement them, if you hear that grinding and snoring, that's a vitamin D deficiency. And you just heard me say it, snoring is a vitamin D deficiency. Now, I've got a lot of science that I want to bore you with. And like I said, I like to focus more on, on your audience. But that's what got me into thinking about root cause medicine. I really, um, the, the level of, of disgust I have with today's medical industry is profound. It's not the doctor's fault individually, but this system is broken. And I'm really, my goal, and you can see behind me all of these colorful things. These are the tools that I'm trying to use 
to make sure that Weston Price's very simple information gets and stays out there. And it's such simple stuff. D3K2, eat animal products, nose to tail, go in the sun, spend time outside. That's, that's really it. A hundred years ago, we had this information, but it was pushed out of the way. And as a result, I lost my life. I'll never get those 34 years back, but I can help prevent other people, especially kids, from going through this syndrome. And that's basically got me to this entirely different understanding of biology. Yeah, that's fascinating. And um, yeah, I had no idea that so much of that from, from Weston A. Price was buried, um, even as someone in this space. So it's really interesting to hear. Yeah, well, you know, vitamin K2 is a vitamin that you will get from meat. You won't get it from almost anywhere else unless you're having raw milk and raw cheese products. But you'll get it if you eat grass-fed meat and it's ruminants meat. That's what we're supposed to eat. And keep in mind that the the in the middle of summer when the grass is greenest, that's when the K2 is the highest. And it's a seasonal thing. And it goes with vitamin D because in the summer, vitamin D is the strongest. You're going to absorb the most calcium. And what vitamin K2 does is it takes that calcium and puts it into your teeth and bones. It manages calcium in your body, including your cartilage. This episode is brought to you by Optimal Carnivore. Many people I talk to struggle to get enough organ meat on a carnivore diet. There's debate about whether you need to eat organs or not, but I like to supplement with organ meats and it makes me feel better and many carnivores would agree. Optimal Carnivore was created by carnivores for carnivores. In fact, I was consulted during the formulation, which is pretty cool. Um, they have a unique organ complex that combines nine different organs, liver, brain, heart, and more, um, all from grass-fed, grass-finished animals in New Zealand. And taking six capsules a day is the same as eating an ounce of raw liver. Um, and it's, it's completely freeze-dried, and they use a very high-quality process to retain all the nutrients. You can use the link in the episode description or um, the link in my Instagram bio and use the code carnivore 10 to save a checkout and support the show. Thank you. And I, I'd love to dig in more on, on the vitamin D causing um, sleep sleep disorders. Can, sure. can you talk more about that um, sure. and, and the grounding yeah. example? So... Um, the, the basic syndrome is this, and, and this is all available in my, I got my ebooks out there. The basic syndrome has to do with the gut microbiome. Vitamin D regulates the gut microbiome, number one. So we get 90% of our neurotransmitters from our gut bacteria. So if you don't have the right gut microbiome, you're already at a disadvantage. But additionally, vitamin D regulates the part of the brain that controls sleep and breathing. And without a higher level of vitamin D, that portion of the brain of the autonomic nervous system doesn't have enough energy to function properly. We start to see things like bruxism, clenching and grinding, insomnia, and snoring. These are the early signs of sleep apnea. Now, once the brainstem itself that controls sleep and breathing, all of the housekeeping duties that you don't have to worry about, once that part of the brain is damaged and it gets damaged by hypoxia, and mitochondrial damage. Mitochondrial dysfunction is at the root cause of almost every modern disease. And it's a combination of the low vitamin D not allowing you to make B vitamins from your gut microbiome. And the B vitamins run your mitochondria. You don't have the right B vitamins, you have mitochondrial dysfunction and whatever the mitochondria is running doesn't work. And in this case, it's the neurons of the brainstem itself that control sleep and breathing. 
once those neurons are damaged by the hypoxia, the lack of breathing, you get sleep apnea and it stays. And the only way to, to ever get rid of it is quite complex. So I'm really into prevention. So to anybody who doesn't have sleep apnea, hopefully most of your um, listeners, you want to know that you want to maintain a certain vitamin D level. And that vitamin D level is anything over 40 always, preferably in the 60 to 80 nanograms per milliliter range. Canada and other places is 150 to 200 nanomoles. Now, this is a level in your body that can be tested that your doctor doesn't care about, but you should. This is something that in your body is incidental or accidental. Your vitamin D level exists because of what you do, your behaviors. But interestingly enough, for those people who end up going on a carnivore diet, their vitamin D level will come up profoundly. And that is because one of the main toxins in processed food destroys your body's ability to activate vitamin D for use. So when I see people who eat a lot of processed food or junk food, their vitamin D level is very low. When they give that up and go on to a ketogenic diet, particularly grass-fed organic ketogenic diet, high fat, the vitamin D level will come up because this toxin is no longer inhibiting the activation of vitamin D from the, 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 the kind that you either make on your skin or take as a supplement into the storage form of the 25 OHD that your doctor measures. Having that 25 OHD level high is very important because that's your storage form of that. Your body can activate it at any point in time, but only if you have that higher level. And your body uses vitamin D basically to copy your DNA to make enzymes. So that's where this all comes into play. And in the brain, the main issue is the enzyme choline acetyltransferase. This is the enzyme that makes acetylcholine. There's not enough of it, and your brain cannot make enough acetylcholine, and that's a neurotransmitter. So if your neurons cannot send their messages, you get a short circuit, and that short circuit looks like bruxism, grinding, and snoring. And if it gets bad, if your vitamin D level goes low enough, you will start to grind your teeth during the day. To anyone listening to this, if you clench and grind your teeth during the day, your vitamin D level is extremely low. If you only grind at night, there's a little more to it. We need to look into some of the B vitamins in that. So the syndrome is basically a, um, it's a, it's a, a syndrome that comes from the environment. It's not genetic and it's not caused by obesity and it's not caused by having too much on your mind. This is a neurological biochemical dysfunction of the human body, specifically the ability to rest and digest. You've heard of fight or flight and rest and digest. Well, the parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest system that runs on acetylcholine. If you cannot make enough acetylcholine, you're going to get stuck in fight or flight. You're going to have insomnia. You're going to be anxious. You're going to have IBS. You're going to grind your teeth and you're going to have a very difficult time gearing down for sleep. You'll have a tough time shutting off your mind you won't stay asleep, you'll wake up frequently, and you'll awake feeling unrested. You'll have a version of sleep apnea, it's sort of a, a REM deficient version. There's many different types of these sleep disorders, but they all really stem from the same thing. And the way I like to think of it is if you have insomnia once or twice when you have a big project due or a big event the next day, it's not a problem. If you consistently have a problem getting to sleep and staying asleep, then you need to look into this. You need to measure your vitamin D with a blood test and start to evaluate the things that you're doing in your life. I know that you've probably dealt with circadian rhythms 
and blue light toxicity and all that, but that comes into play as well. Melatonin is your sleep hormone and melatonin is destroyed by blue light. So I always wear my blue blockers after 8.30 p.m. And I wear them wherever possible, except for driving. Um, sorry, there's a fly that had to land on my nose there. Good timing. Um, and so sleep is about circadian rhythms. It's about having the right chemicals in your body. So even if you have the perfect chemical mix, if your circadian rhythms are thrown off, that's something you need to look into. Morning light exposure, blocking your blue light, that type of stuff. Yeah, that's all really fascinating. And I unfortunately have something called waking insomnia where I wake up a lot throughout the night. Um, and it's it's very difficult. I have to be in bed for like nine, nine and a half hours just to get seven and a half hours of sleep. Would you mind if I ask you some questions? Yeah, go ahead. What's your vitamin D level? Uh, I believe it's above 80 consistent. Okay. okay. So you don't want it above 100. That's the first okay. thing. thing is, do you, grind, do you grind your teeth? Yes. Okay. Do you clench during the day or night? Um, I think both. Okay. Do you have eczema or psoriasis? No. Okay. Do you have any other health issues? Um, that you want to disclose on? This? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think I have anything else related to that. Okay. So what if I told, so the, the diagnosis that you have is just a made up thing that, that doctors do because they have to say something. Right? Yeah, sure. So um, what it basically is, is you have a B vitamin deficiency. All right. Okay. Do you supplement any B vitamins? I do. Yeah, I do. And what do you take? I take a, a B complex. Um, okay. A B, is it a B50 or B100 or is it a super B? I actually have to look it up. I'll check. No worries. And how much do you take and when do you take it? I take it once a day and I take it with breakfast. Okay. So that's the problem. The first problem is, is that okay. <laughs> your, your B vitamins are made in your gut on an hour by hour, minute by minute basis. Yeah. Foods that we eat that you have no idea about can be destroying the production of those B vitamins. So you'll need to supplement. Oh, interesting. Yeah. One of the ways to supplement is eating a lot of beef liver. The other way is to take a B complex. Now, you can tell when you have a B complex that's active in you, it makes your pee yellow. When yes, you it's the B100 brand. one. I just looked at Okay, up. good. And what, what brand are you, are you trying to ask what brand you have? Uh, it's Now Supplements. Okay, good. That, good. Great, great company. Yeah. So the first thing you need to do is take it in the morning and then now try taking it before bed. Mm. So uh, this, is, this is, I became a sleep or an airway dentist about six years ago, yeah. treating sleep apnea and snoring. And I see this all the time. You basically have a B vitamin deficiency. Now, is it just B5 pantothenic acid? Probably not. There's B6, B2. There's all the B vitamins that are involved in the production of energy in the electron transport chain. Mm -hmm. And any one of them can be the rate limiting step. If you don't have enough B2, then uh, there, it could be an issue. B5 is the big one because Pantothenic acid is a precursor to acetyl-CoA. Mm -hmm. Sounds like acetylcholine. Okay. Yeah. So your first step is going to be to take your, your B100 before bed. But keep in mind that too many B vitamins can give you insomnia. You're not going to experience that. Mm. When you start to feel like you're clenching or grinding your teeth, you need to pop a v, B vitamin and set a timer and see how long it takes you to stop. It's about a half an hour to 40 minutes. Interesting. So B vitamin will kick in within half an hour, 40 minutes. If you take your B complex tonight, you will probably notice a completely different type of sleep. If you don't have enough acetylcholine, you cannot get into rest and digest. That's yeah. what you're experiencing. Have you had a sleep study? 
Uh, I have actually, I've only done, I've done two at home sleep studies. I've never okay. done one. Well, first problem is that you're not going to do well with a sleep study because you have something called central sensitization syndrome. And what that is, is being stuck in fight or flight without getting into rest and digest. Yeah. I call it bitchy woman syndrome. <laughs> kind of what it is. Anyone who's offended at that, that that's okay. <laughs> um, but it gets, you get the idea. So unfortunately, this is something that medicine is not looking at. All they want to do is give you a pill to try and make you sleep when you're not going to. Yeah. I get, so you, you supplement magnesium as well? Because magnesium, if you don't have enough magnesium, you're... you're yeah, I take magnesium three and eight. Um, and then I, yeah, I, I'm also on, on sleep medication too, which okay, is- Okay, and what can I ask? Which, are you open to saying what you're taking? Yeah, it's, it's trazodone. Okay. So, you're <laughs> not, yeah. So, and, and listen, this is typical. Um, people will be put on 0.5 milligrams of Ativan. So what it's doing for you is this is getting you calm enough. Your body wants to sleep so badly, but you don't have the right chemical mix. It's not your fault. Your doctor doesn't know this. Okay. Yeah. So when you start to dose your B vitamins, you have to experiment. And there's three things that are going to lower your B vitamins that you need to really be aware of. When should you dose more? And this is by trial and error. Now, any sleep device will show you that there's a profound effect when you do supplement your B vitamins. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've been working with for a while. Three things that will lower your B vitamins are, number one, exercise. Mm. Number two, sun exposure. And number three, alcohol or toxins. Mm. Those B vitamins are required as cofactors in your liver for all of the enzymes, especially mm. the YP enzymes. And if your body is sucking up those B vitamins, detoxifying alcohol, they're not going to be available for you to sleep with. Yeah. So it's unusual for someone who's health conscious to have this, but this is the most common thing I see. I get a lot of young people who failed every type of sleep therapy. Mm -hmm. They hear about me, they see me on a podcast and I don't need to do anything. I make sleep devices for people who have apnea and those work really well, but you're young. You probably don't have apnea. You have the earliest stage called, um, UARS, upper airway resistance syndrome. And that's the little sister to sleep apnea. If that goes on long enough, you'll get apnea and it'll stay permanent. So it's something you really want to address. Now, yeah. obviously, you know that when you haven't sleep right, you know what it feels like. When you get your first good night of sleep with those B vitamins, you will know it. Okay. Yeah. It may not, it may be, it may take a while for you to figure that out, but it may take a half of that B100. That's called a B50. Mm -hmm. It may take one and a half, maybe B150, you may need two B vitamins to put you into that state of sleep, but go slow. You want to only choose one, change one parameter at a time. Yeah. And this will change how quickly you fall asleep from having to do all those meditation, calm your mind, make sure you're right. silent, all those things. I, I know, I know, I know a lot about sleep just because of what I've been working with my patients. Yeah. So all the things you're doing are great. Sleep hygiene, having a cool room, making sure there's not one bit of light. All important, but if your brain does not have enough acetylcholine, you will not sleep. And if you look back to the times when you had the worst insomnia, what you're going to find is those will be surrounded by spending all day in the sun, having a beer, going for a long run in the sun. The times where I notice this the most is when I play beach volleyball because I'm in the sun and I do not wear sunscreen. Yeah. I'm exercising, and then after we go for beer. That's the trifecta. So if I'm not careful, if I play volleyball and I play for three, four, five hours, I only play doubles. So I'm really into the, the sport of it. If I do not supplement a very high level of B vitamins, I will not sleep. Wow. Or dry my teeth. Yeah. I'm, I'm very sensitive to it because I've been through all these weird autoimmune things. Yeah. So that is, and then to anyone listening, if you have eczema or psoriasis that, that won't go away, 
that's also root cause, not enough B vitamins. I have seen my patients have their eczema and psoriasis disappear within two to three days. Wow. Profound. profound. And I, I discovered all this by accident. So yeah. I had eczema and psoriasis for a year and a half. It disappeared in three days with a higher dose of B vitamins. Very interesting stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm going to try that. I'm, I'm excited. I'll, I'll let you know how it works. And, and, um, you know, uh, and, and uh, so I know this is your own video. I don't know if you edit a lot, but feel free to edit this out. because uh, No, I won't. I won't. Like to share. Okay. No, I'll definitely keep it in. Um, thank you. Cool. I really appreciate right. that. And right. um, obviously, you know, I've, I've heard many people talk about magnesium and the importance of magnesium. One thing I haven't heard as much about is sulfur. So I'm curious how you landed on that and, and what are some of the benefits of sulfur? Sure. Have you ever heard of something called the glycocalyx? No. Okay. So I want to actually, I want to ask you some questions. I think this will be kind of enlightening. Sure. So um, you're on a, you're a carnivore. You believe that red meat's good for you. Yes. Okay. Um, then if red meat is healthy for you, what's the root cause of cardiovascular disease? Because what we hear from our doctors, and my patients tell me all the time, my doctor told me, cut out the red meat, cut out the butter, cut out the cheese, mm -hmm. eat more vegetables, because the root cause of heart disease is too much cholesterol, too much red meat, and too many fatty foods. Mm. So if, that's, if, if, if red meat and eating fat isn't the root cause of cardiovascular disease, what is? Long-term insulin resistance. Okay. So, so, so in, insulin's in there. So I'll save you some. So, so basically, um, we started to have heart attacks in the 1950s, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, people have been insulin resistant for a very long time because people have been eating sugar for a very long time. But two profound things have changed. One thing is the amount of sugar and high fructose corn syrup in processed foods is, is maximum. Mm -hmm. And glyphosate. Have you talked about glyphosate in any previous podcast? Uh, some guests have, but I'd love to hear you expound yeah. on it. So glyphosate is the ultimate destroyer. Okay, um, and what it does is it. And, and I and I don't. Do you want me to get a little sciency here? Because yeah, go for it. So we have twenty amino acids. These are our coding amino acids, and every single structure in our body is made from these twenty amino acids. One of them is called glycine. It's the smallest and simplest amino acid, and it's very important in collagen, but it's also important in all kinds of enzymes. And enzymes are just made up of amino acids strung together like pearls on a string folded up. That's what enzymes are. When glyphosate substitutes for glycine, it's an analog. Anything that's supposed to have glycine now has glyphosate. They look almost identical, but glyphosate has an extra little piece sticking on because it's man-made. And so your body is trying to make you make your proteins and make your enzymes and make everything that makes you healthy. And you're literally, it's going, your, your, your um, polymerases are looking for these right amino acids. When they go to grab a glycine, they mistake a glyphosate because it's so similar. And when that glyphosate molecule gets put into that long chain of amino acids, when it starts to fold, that extra piece destroys natural folding. And that's how it works. It was designed to kill specific you know, weeds, but how it works is through that mechanism of action. It destroys one of the shikamate enzymes. Those are the enzymes that help us create um, serotonin, dopamine, melatonin. So that's what's going on. So this particular chemical is substituting for one of our own amino acids. And this is poisoning at a 
at a, a molecular level, your collagen is full of glycine. And the more glyphosate you eat, the worse your collagen is put together, the worse your enzymes fold, and especially the enzymes of the electron transport chain, but also the CYP enzymes that activate vitamin D. So this is a toxin that's in everything that you eat. The reason people get healthy when they go to a carnivore diet is they greatly reduce the amount of glyphosate they're taking in because you cannot get glyphosate into grass-fed ruminants. Not possible. Um, if you spray glyphosate on grass, the, the cows won't eat it or the, the, the grass dies. So switching to a carnivore diet, you eliminate a massive amount of glyphosate. And glyphosate is found heavily in beans, lentils, oats, oatmeal, granola, foods that people think are healthy. And even if it's not labeled GMO, they still will do something called desiccation. If a farmer wants to get its, cro its crops processed and the, the crop is alive, they'll spray it with glyphosate to kill it. And it'll, it'll basically, everything will, will become desiccated and they don't have to say that it's now been sprayed with glyphosate. There's no labeling. So even though you think you're buying organic non-GMO, you're getting it. You could be eating the cleanest, healthiest, safest diet, but there'll be one little thing could be loaded with glyphosate. It could be your soy sauce. It could be, could be a lot of different stuff. Obviously it's in soybean, soybean oil and canola oil, but it's also in all other vegetables. Your audience already knows the only oils to eat are beef tallow, coconut oil. I'm not even big on olive oil anymore. And I'm, I'm not even excited about avocado oil. So I stick to beef tallow, butter, grass-fed butter, and coconut oil. That's it. I don't know if you saw, I sent you um, um, a TikTok from a cardiologist from the American Heart Association who says that coconut oil is the worst oil on the planet. It's the most toxic because it's <laughs> all saturated. This is a recent post. And yeah. this is from... The American Heart Association is big pharma. That's what it is. If you look behind, you pull, pull the curtain away from the American Heart Association, you're going to find big pharma there. So this poor doctor is actually going on camera saying that coconut oil is the, the most unhealthy oil because it's unsaturated. And so the, and you know coconut oil is healthy. You already figured that out, right? Yeah. But why? Why? Okay. So number one, why is a carnivore diet healthy? Number two, why is coconut oil healthy? What do those two things have in common? And why is it that so many people have their health restored from going carnivore? What is it about it? It's going to come to the main topic of my material that I'm really fascinated with, and that is a subject called deuterium. We, we spoke about it briefly, yeah. and I, I'm assuming I'm going to be the first person on this podcast to talk about deuterium. I won't be the last because once yeah. you understand, once you, once you, you see what this is, it's going to change your perspective. You know a carnivore diet works. And why? Well, it makes sense. You know, we're, we're, we're hunter-gatherers and we evolved on eating animals that we could catch and kill. That makes perfect sense to me. No hunter-gatherer in the history of this planet ever said, hey, honey, I'm going to go out. I'm going to pick up some butter lettuce, some, some arugula, and some kale. Get the cutting board and knives ready and we're going to have one hell of a salad when I get back. That never happened. We only ate those vegetables as fallback foods. We didn't eat them. That's not our food. But what is it about red meat that's so healthy? And what is it about coconut oil that's so healthy? Both of those two substances are extremely low in deuterium. Now, before we go down that rabbit hole, I want to make sure that I answered that we sort of didn't go straight too far off. I have a lot of topics, but they all, all roads lead to deuterium, just so you know. What is the root cause of mitochondrial dysfunction? Aside from glyphosate, too much deuterium. 
And it's, it's quite fascinating. And again, um, there's people who are out there talking about it. I came to this information by chance when I started to investigate my health and I met some of the experts, the global experts on deuterium. And it really caught my attention because what, you know, what is it about intermittent fasting that's so healthy? You're giving yourself a break. Well, break from what? Well, you're giving yourself a break from deuterium. So this is the main component in your blood that your body's trying to get rid of. This is the main reason why red blood cells don't have mitochondria because your blood's loaded with deuterium and deuterium is toxic to the mitochondria. So before I, before I, before I you know, give you some more of that information, um, uh, before we go down that road, you know, we sort of went off topic. Um, I can't even actually remember what, what we were talking about to begin with. Yeah, we were talking about sulfur originally. Ah, okay. So glyphosate has removed sulfur from our food chain because glyphosate is a chelator. It will take minerals out of the mix. All the minerals that people are having to supplement, it's because the soil is completely devoid of these minerals that used to be there. And the reason is that glyphosate has taken them out of action. They are no longer found in the foods. Those blue zones where people are healthy, those are very high sulfur areas. They're areas of volcanic rock, areas that that have been that, that have where the actual vegetation and the groundwater has a high level of sulfur. So in your body, we're only made, we talked about those amino acids, you're only made of five things: oxygen, hydrogen, carbon, nitrogen, and sulfur. That's all amino acids are made up of from. All the other things in your body like magnesium and the other minerals, they're, they're just visiting. They're not part of you. They become incorporated into enzymes to help them move. And, you know, you've got the electron transport chain, which has iron sulfur clusters. And these are specially designed things in our body that keep us healthy, but we're not made of that material. So sulfur is extremely important for something that it does. It creates something called disulfide bonds. Because of its chemical structure, it has available four electrons at its maximum and that's very powerful so sulfur does many things in your body um I, you know you can see my cartoon characters behind me but sulfur i have is king of the hydrophiles and the ultimate driver when any chemical in your body is attached to sulfur it becomes deactivated so vitamin d cannot go in your blood because it's hydrophobic it's terrified of water cholesterol cannot go in your blood because it's hydrophobic. It will not go. So your body will package cholesterol up into boats. Your body will join vitamin D to albumin, which is a carrying protein. But sulfur was what we were designed to have attached to these chemicals. Sulfur is your transporter. It's extremely hydrophilic because of its negative charge. It loves to be in water. Now, we were designed to create something called cholesterol sulfate. And that is when cholesterol is co-joined with sulfur so that it can now go into your blood and be deposited into your tissue to repair your heart, your brain, your muscles, your nerves. Cholesterol is our repair molecule. There is no bad cholesterol. Cholesterol has a chemical structure and it's a perfect molecule. It's your building block for vitamin D, testosterone, bile acid, all the things your body makes uses cholesterol as its starter molecule. Where sulfur comes in is it gets co-joined to sulfur now can be transported in your body. When that cholesterol gets to its destination, it goes into your cell membrane, but it leaves the sulfur hanging out in the outer portion of the blood vessel. And that's where I want to talk to you about what a glycocalyx is. You can Google this. The glycocalyx is 
the primary protection and lining of every single artery and blood vessel in your body. The root cause of cardiovascular disease is a four-pronged deficiency. And one of those deficiencies is sulfur deficiency. If you don't have enough sulfur, you cannot create the glycocalyx and it can't be healthy because the glycocalyx is made of easy water. And you've heard of easy water before. That's what gets built in infrared radiation. That's why red light therapy works. You've heard Gerald Pollack and his talks on um, the exclusion zone. That's what the glycocalyx is. But the glycocalyx needs sulfur, either heparin sulfate, cholesterol sulfate. It needs that sulfur because it has a negative charge that will draw water to it to create a thick layer of easy water, which is the slick, the stuff that you find on fish, the slimy stuff. So sulfur deactivates, it transports and it lubricates. And what it does is it collects that easy water and that easy water starts to filter deuterium out of your body and you want that as well. So the glycocalyx is profoundly made up of sulfur and proteoglycans, proteins and sugars that have sulfur in them to be able to hold that. It's kind of like a little forest. When an area of the glycocalyx is destroyed or denuded, now you have no protection. So root cause cardiovascular disease, one prong of the four prong deficiencies is a sulfur deficiency. You can guess that the other three, vitamin D, vitamin K2, and magnesium, that's the root cause of cardiovascular disease. Now, when you eat a bunch of sugar and your glycocalyx is damaged or non-existent, that sugar is going to have more of an effect. No sugar exists these days without glyphosate in it as well. So it's not just the insulin resistance. It's that combination of deuterium, sugar, and glyphosate. And by the way, deuterium is what makes sugar bad for you. Deuterium is what makes carbohydrates bad for you. Deuterium is what makes vegetable oils bad for you. You've heard that it's PUFAs. You've heard all these different things. But ultimately, it comes down to deuterium. Why is coconut oil healthy? it's extremely low in deuterium. Why is beef and beef tallow extremely healthy? It's very low in deuterium. That's where it sort of all comes together. So back to sulfur, if you don't have an adequate intake of sulfur, then your body is going to struggle to produce hair, skin, nails, and the glycocalyx, very profound stuff. So I definitely recommend supplementation of sulfur and I recommend it before you go in the sun because when you go in the sun, Sunlight itself catalyzes cholesterol and sulfur to be co-joined to make that special molecule. And that molecule sends a signal to your DNA to make proteins to block out too much sun. So sulfur in your body is co-joined and helps your body make your skin reflect sunlight. So without that, people will burn. And they'll burn these days for a million reasons, but sulfur is really critical for that. Sulfur protects from radiation. Sulfur protects from toxins. Sulfur has extra electrons, which are basically going to get, get rid of free radical damage. So that's what the importance of sulfur is. It's critical for the glycocalyx. It's critical for proteoglycans. And it's critical to maintain your blood, your blood pressure, your blood vessels, so that they're not opened up to having the atheromas, the, the actual plaques. The idea that eating cholesterol in butter, cheese, or meat, and then that cholesterol goes into your body and goes and coats your arteries, 
that's nonsense. That's called non-scientific extrapolation. And just because everybody believes something that doesn't make it true. Cholesterol does not get deposited into your arteries because you're eating it. That's nonsense. Just I want to sort of make that clear. All right. So that's kind of this the sulfur thing in a nutshell. And where it really becomes profound is that you have to understand that the lumen or the, in, the internal part of your blood vessel has all this sulfur proteoglycans and it contains a negative charge. Your red blood cell is also coated or supposed to be coated with cholesterol sulfate. And that also has a negative charge. And a negative repels a negative profoundly. So when you have a little tiny capillary and this big red blood cell, the reason that it makes it through is not because your heart's pumping. You've already probably heard that the heart isn't really a pump, but that the real propulsion of red blood cells through your body is this magnetic repulsion where you have a negative charge in the glycocalyx and you have a negative charge on the red blood cells. And that red blood cell just scooches all the way through based on that actual um, repulsion. And everything in your body comes down to a negative and positive or neutral, either through ionic bonds, covalent bonds, or basically just the way water interacts with our body. Water is so critical and water is a very unique molecule. It's charged. It's a polar molecule. It has a positive end and a negative end. So the sulfur is one component that's critical to make disulfide bonds. Disulfide bonds are found in hair, skin, nails. Very, very important. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and I hadn't heard that um, about deuterium. I think maybe years ago, Phil Escott, who's a gentleman in the United Kingdom, had talked about it briefly, uh, but I may be misremembering that. Um, and how, how should folks on a carnivore diet think about deuterium and managing their deuterium or is it more you know it's something that's already being managed by nature of um kind of following this lifestyle right so so absolutely that that's very true being so i i have a deuterium depletion protocol i think everyone needs to live a deuterium depleted life so um i have back to that that sulfur if anyone wants to know more stephanie seneff you may have heard of her before she i did a podcast with her about sulfur it's on my um, YouTube channel, Modern Hunter Gatherers. I'll link to it. Yeah, and we, and we go and and the discussion of it, it's really fascinating. You're going to learn about the glyphosate and and the sulfur as well. She's a really incredible scientist. So you definitely still always want to be thinking about deuterium because this is the passage of time in biologic systems. And I'm going to repeat that: deuterium building up in your body is the passage of time. So the more deuterium that builds up in you, the faster you age. The less deuterium that you have, the slower you age. Animal life on this planet changes based on the amount of deuterium in the environment based on the global temperature. The hotter the planet, the more deuterium is coming out of the ocean. Okay, I'll go through deuterium with you because it's a fascinating topic and I really want to make sure people understand this is it. This is the holy grail of health because... You know, you've heard about aging before. So what are the theories of aging? The free radical theory of aging, right? You've heard that. Telomeres, you've heard about that. Well, did you know that when your telomeres are short and you take vitamin D and you raise your vitamin D level, your telomeres will lengthen? Why? Well, vitamin D activates the enzyme telomerase to make your telomeres longer. So there's a lot of cool information out there about aging, but what is it that really ages us? So for, does free radical damage age us? Absolutely. That's a very key component of aging. But ultimately, it's deuterium. And I want to make sure I throw the right terms out here. The reason deuterium ages you is it slows you down. 
due to something called the kinetic isotope effect, something you may have heard of before, okay? This is something that basically happens when deuterium is incorporated into any biologic system, it replaces regular hydrogen. And over time, slowly your body will be overpowered by deuterium. And that's what we see as aging. When deuterium gets into your DNA, it causes kinks and breaks and increases your risk for cancer. When deuterium gets into your enzymes, it slows down the enzyme's reactivity or function because of the kinetic isotope effect. The weight of that deuterium is slowing that enzyme down. And as deuterium builds up into your tissues, anywhere where you had hydrogen, you can now have deuterium, but deuterium is twice as heavy, so it has a different bond strength, it has a different bond angle, and ultimately, deuterium is the root cause as to why we die, because when your body has a specific amount of deuterium in your skin, in the cholesterol that makes up your skin, you can no longer make vitamin D. When you can no longer make vitamin D, you start to choke in your sleep. We call it sleep apnea. We used to call it death by natural causes. You used to live to 95, 97, not get cancer, and then die quietly in your sleep. And that would be due to vitamin D deficiency. So the deuterium vitamin D deficiency thing is kind of like, you know, people are killing themselves early by not going in the sun. But if you eat a ton of deuterium, Doritos, cookies, high fructose corn syrup, you eat all that, your vitamin D level is going to be lower. When you go in the sun, you're not going to make as much vitamin D because when the photons come to break that one bond that changes cholesterol into vitamin D, and anyone doesn't know that, cholesterol and vitamin D are identical. They only differ in one bond. When that one bond has a deuterium instead of a hydrogen there, that cholesterol molecule is much harder to transform into vitamin D. And so if you quit all the junk food, your D level will come up. And that's what happens when people go on the carnivore. Everything changes because they've been poisoning themselves. They've been limiting even what sunlight can do to them because deuterium is everywhere in our body. We need to think about it. Every human is born at a deuterium level below the environment. Ocean water is 155 parts per million. Your body should be 135 or even 120 if you're an athlete. The, the deuterium content of your body will dictate how healthy your mitochondria is. And it's actually how much deuterium you get rid of because it's constantly coming into the system. You cannot avoid it. You can reduce it by eating a grass-fed, ketogenic, high-fat, organic diet. And that's where we come to the carnivore. So anyone who wants to say that red meat's not healthy, I don't care what kind of study you show me. I'm talking about molecular biology. You cannot argue with an extra neutron. And I kind of jumped ahead there. That's what deuterium is. So deuterium is a different version of hydrogen. And you know that hydrogen is what goes into the mitochondria and runs the electron transport chain. Hydrogen is the simplest element in the universe. It's the most abundant. And we love it because it's very unique. It's one proton and one electron, and they come apart at the seams. My character for hydrogen, his song is he's flighty and comes apart at the seams because that proton and that electron they're not that tightly bound. Now you throw a neutron in there and now you have deuterium. That extra neutron is heavy and it'll keep that electron even closer to it. Every single thing that deuterium gets attached to is now affected. There's three forms of hydrogen in this universe. Regular hydrogen called protium, deuterium, and tritium. 
You've heard of tritium before, it's radioactive. That is a hydrogen atom that has two neutrons. Regular hydrogen has no neutrons. Deuterium has one neutron and tritium has two neutrons. So what makes this so profound is that you've heard of carbon dating, carbon-14, right? Yeah. Well, carbon-14 is an isotope of carbon. Every single element has multiple isotopes. Some of them have 20, 30, 40 isotopes. And isotopes are atoms that vary only in the amount of neutrons. That's it. So when it comes to hydrogen, we're using this, this atom for everything. But this is going to be hard for people to get their minds around. The existence of deuterium is literally the passage of time. So without deuterium, we would be immortal. And if we got rid of all the toxins in our environment, there would be no aging. There would be no, there'd be no passage of time because we are completely regenerating animals that evolved on this planet. But deuterium is the rate limiting step. Deuterium is what is the difference between zero and one. Deuterium is the passage of time in biologic systems. So you want to slow it right down, right? And keep in mind that water is the highest source of deuterium. Is that tap water is going to be 150 parts per million. So um, looking at the different foods, the lowest deuterium foods are going to be beef tallow at 105 parts per million, followed by coconut oil, maybe 108, 110 parts per million. And as we go up, we get to the different oils. Um, olive oil is lower into your maybe 120 parts per million. These, these are figures you can find on the internet. And I don't know that everyone's measured everything, but butter, grass-fed butter, ghee, these are going to be very low deuterium foods. And it makes sense if you eat, uh, if you eat healthy animals, these are also going to be low in deuterium. So I try to avoid old food. I don't want to eat um, animals that have been around a long time because those are the ones that have the most deuterium built up in their body over time. So eating like sardines, these smaller fish, these are lower in deuterium. You want to eat tuna? I love tuna, but it's higher in deuterium. It's got more toxins because it's been, you know, they, they live a long time and they, they, this stuff starts to build up. So this particular, and it's not a molecule, it's an atom, it's an isotope, it's just a different ver version of hydrogen. And it's twice as heavy as regular hydrogen. Now, where this really messes us up is in the electron transport chain, specifically at the very end of the electron transport chain, where we actually make our energy called ATP, adenosine triphosphate. I call it Mother Nature's electricity. The more ATP you make, the healthier you are. That's it. Less ATP means less cellular function on every level. More ATP means more cellular function. Every disease that's out there that's a modern chronic inflammatory disease, these are all mitochondrial diseases that whatever the tissue is, can't make enough ATP to be healthy. If that's in your colon, you're going to have inflammatory bowel disease. If it's in your liver, you're going to have some liver disease. The tissue-specific stuff, it needs to have enough of ATP energy to, to be healthy. So how this works is that you've heard these things before. Now, hopefully this will make it it'll come together. You've heard of the electron transport chain that pumps protons outside of the mitochondria, inner mitochondrial matrix and those protons want to come rushing back in. And when they do, they come in through a special rotor called ATP synthase. This is an enzyme complex. This was the invention that Mother Nature needed for us on this planet to create multicellular life. Without a mitochondria, you cannot have multicellular life because fermentation 
to produce ATP is not efficient. Single cell organism can get away with fermentation of sugar, but not multicellular life. So about 2 billion years ago, when one cell engulfed another, we had the origins of the mitochondria, okay? And so as you, this process is happening, you're pumping up protons, you have a proton gradient. It's a, it's a proton motive gradient. So these protons come in and they spin this rotor. When a deuteron or a deuterium atom gets into there, it will break or slow the spinning of that rotor. That rotor spins between seven, 9,000 RPM. Um, so it's spinning beyond, like it, it's a frictionless machine. What slows it down is a deuteron instead of a proton. So deuterium is matched in our environment. And the only way we screw things up is when we eat foods outside of our season, especially ones that are processed. So if you have a pineapple, that's full of deuterium. It's very sweet, sugary fruit. Can you eat that pineapple to be healthy? Not in anywhere that it doesn't grow. You want to eat a pineapple, you need to be outside with your shirt off, eating that pineapple in sunlight. Take that pineapple and bring it to Alaska, you're done for, especially in the winter. So we're being overloaded with deuterium. It's killing our mitochondria. It's found in high fructose, fructose corn syrup, but it co-joins with glyphosate and they work together to destroy our mitochondrial function. This is the root cause of disease. You can talk about you can talk about PUFAs. You can talk about insulin resistance. I don't care about insulin resistance. The minute you say insulin resistance, all people think about is insulin. You're going to inject it. That's not on my menu. I don't talk about that anymore because every sane person knows not to eat sugar. Do I do it? Sure. What do I choose? My favorite pizza, my favorite pasta, my favorite sweet stuff on occasion when I want it. But I know that if I do that, I'm going to go on deuterium depletion protocol. So that's why understanding how your body cycles deuterium and what it does with it is really important. So this is, it's really important information. And this has been out there for a while, but it's not making anyone any money. So it's not, and it's not sexy. This is, this is confusing, you know, to, to anyone who's still listening, that didn't get put off by all the other things I said, you know, I insult a lot of people too, when I say I'm anti-vegetarian, anti-vegan, you're an idiot. If you do that, it's not healthy. If you do it, cause you don't want to kill animals. Keep in mind that you're still killing animals when you eat vegetables. Farming is destructive to the cutest little animals. So probably not offending anyone on your podcast, which is fine. So that's the big picture. So you know mitochondrial health is important. Deuterium slows down your mitochondria, and that's it. So you want to get rid of it. You want to do things that will lower your deuterium. Sleep is critical. REM sleep, you want to be in sleep. Because you know that when... You get into these deep sleep and REM sleep, it changes the way your, your brain cells function and everything, all the toxins get flushed out. And this is when your body really gets rid of the deuterium and you get rid of it. Bacteria feed off of it. So that's why animals like ruminants are so healthy because they have this giant gut microbiome and multiple stomach chambers and they eat green grass and that deuterium is getting filtered away and taken up by the gut microbiome. So the meat that gets deposited onto ruminants is extremely low in deuterium. These are the animals that are kosher or halal. These are the animals that somebody figured out that we should be eating. They're extremely low in deuterium. You'll look for a split hoof and an animal that chews its cud. It's buffalo, cows, um, deer, uh, sheep, and goats. Those are the ruminants. And those are the ones you want to eat. Yeah, I, I think it's a super interesting perspective and you definitely make me want to dive in more on all this. So I'll you're definitely gonna, be- You're going to find reading. a lot of 
There's a lot of material out there. There's only certain, there's only a few people that talk about it. Jack Cruz, I know he's on your radar. Yeah. Laszlo Boros. Um, there's a couple other people um, who talk about um, Robert Slovak. I don't know if you know who he is. If you have that on your podcast, yeah, you probably want to. And um, uh, there's someone else who's working in deuterium, um, Doris Lowe. Okay. Those are the people who I think have the greatest grasp on it, and they all fight amongst themselves. They don't they don't agree with each other because this yeah. is kind of kind of science fictiony. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, thank you so much, Dr. Joel, for coming on today. It's been fascinating. You've given me a lot to think about and uh, something to try myself with the B vitamins. So really appreciate that. And um, yeah, tell folks where they can find you and I'll have links to everything in the show notes as well. You can find me at modernhuntergatherers.com because we have the biology of a hunter-gatherer, but we live in the modern world. You want to know how to be a modern hunter-gatherer. You can find some of my music and cartoons at deuteriumrecords.com. That's my record label. And if you're interested in me as a dentist, it's Modern American Dentistry. But if you put my name in Joel Gould and Vitamin D, I'll probably come up because that was where I sort of broke into this, uh, done a lot of podcasts on Vitamin D. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for your time today, Dr. Joel, and, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out and share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at carnivorecast or go to carnivorecast.com. You can also email me at info at carnivorecast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.